Nature Play is a really broad term that encompasses many, many, many ways of delivering programs and services to your community. So what's your Nature Play niche? Let's look at some of the amazing ways you can bring your special source to the industry. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record today, the Kabi Kabi and Gabi Gabi people. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place. We recognise Aboriginal people as the original custodians of this land and acknowledge that they have never ceded sovereignty. We respect all Gabi Gabi elders, ancestors and emerging elders and all First Nations people listening today. Welcome to Raising Wildlings, a podcast about parenting, alternative education stepping into the wilderness, however that looks, with your family. Each week, we'll be interviewing experts that truly inspire us to answer your parenting and education questions. We'll also be sharing stories from some incredible families that took the leap and are taking the road less travelled. We're your hosts, Vicky and Nikki from Wildlings Forest School. Pop in your headphones, settle in and join us on this next adventure. Hello and welcome to the Raising Wildlings podcast. We are hosts, Vicky Oliver. And Nikki Farrell. Now, today we're going to be looking at what amazing niche you might sit in within the nature play industry because you can actually specialize in so many different areas. And the key thing we really want you to know about today is that it really comes down to your unique gifts and talents. What do you bring to the table, or what unique gifts and talents does your team bring to the table? So let's start with the first thing, and I think it's really important here, is you can't be all the things. Heaven knows we tried. (laughs) And there's this really great, yeah, we did learn the hard way. Let's try and stop everybody else having to do that. But there's this really great quote that says, you can please some of the people all the time, you can please all of the people some of the time, but you can't please all of the people all of the time. And I think getting down to your market and really niching down really helps people know who you are and what you do. Well, I think the thing is you'll confuse your customers. At the end of the day, you might see and get inspired by a a lot of the different things that you can do, but to the people who are receiving your messages, uh, they might get a little bit confused about what it is that you exactly do if you provide too many different things. Mm. That doesn't mean that within Nature Play you you can't offer kindy programs and different age groups or even different nature play activities within that. But maybe you might not do yoga and nature and gymnastics and football. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's that's the extreme version, you know, but you really want to be known for your industry and your niche within that industry. And I think from experience too, every time we think about starting a new program, a new event, a new activity, there's a lot of learning that comes with that a lot of res- mm. specific resources that come with those events and activities. And if you, particularly straight out the gate, if you're trying to serve all of those different things, you'll end up doing things half-assed. So yeah. you might do lots of things, but it's unlikely that you'll do them all well. I guess I want to caveat there that when you're starting, some of, some of that is experimentation about what you enjoy and mm. what you're good at. Yeah, but the sooner you can niche, the better off you'll be and people will go to you. I, I see it even on our community boards on Facebook all the time now. You know, I'm looking for a nature play program for this age and our name gets suggested all the time. That's what you want. You want your community and your champions to know where you fit so that they can then send people to you. Just a really good point. And then I guess when we're talking about social media, that's the one place where we might get inspiration 
by other people, like for example, if you're following along with what we do, it's very easy to compare yourselves with mm. other providers. And um, another great quote that we like to bring up here is there's no comparison between the sun and the moon. They shine when it's their time. So it, it is important to, I think, surround yourself with businesses or groups, community groups that are doing fantastic things mm. with the very intentional mindset of not comparing yourself to those groups because there's a lot of different factors that you might not know about that behind the scenes that make them very successful or maybe not successful as well. Um, mm. You don't actually know what's happening behind the scenes. So, and it can be very easy to compare yourselves with other people. Yeah, and I, I think that's a real uh, imposter syndrome killer as well. I think it can really bring down your confidence if you're overanalyzing what people are doing, particularly on socials. But there's no point running the exact same thing as somebody else either because if Jane down the road runs a music-based nature play program but you sound like me, like Marge Simpson on a hangover in the mornings, <laughs> I should not offer music. Well, that's, <laughs> and that's exactly okay. Right. Yeah. Jane's amazing at it. Let Jane specialise in that. And when people want to do uh, music in nature, you send people to Jane and she'll send people to you for your programs. Like our industry is so collaborative because we, at our heart, we all want people outdoors and we want children outdoors. So the more we can niche, the more we can support each other as well. Yeah. And I think the important thing to remember is if you're running the programs, you need to run it in a way that suits your needs Mm. and lights your fire. If you offer that, then the flow-on effect of your authenticity and um, th- your understanding and passion of that area will shine through, which will then help to build your community and to build that, know you like you trust you with the people mm. who are following you and your programs. Vicky and I have started uh, certain programs before and then go, then gone, you know what? not our jam, Mm. only for our team to take it up a year or two later and suggest it because that's their jam, whether that's a specific age group or a specific activity. Um, It's so nice to be able to empower our team as well to go, oh, you love that? Go nuts, but I I don't want to run that program. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of having a team too. Exactly. So it is important to know your unique selling proposition is a, is a great term to use, your special skills, your special source. Ultimately, you need to know either who you are, if you're the face of the brand, or you need to know your team who's supporting you as well when you're thinking about running programs. What's going to get you out of bed on a wet, rainy, cold winter's mm-hmm. morning when you're tired and haven't had much sleep? When you get there, what, what's going to make you go, ah, so glad I came because you need that. That's exactly right. And and even today I ran a beach kindy program this morning and I can't tell you how cup filling those mm. are because marine biology is my area, it is my passion, and to share that with, oh, my God, the most adorable human beings I had this morning, <laughs> they were just uh, like I could have sat there all day just having conversations with them. They were so cute. And it makes me want to go straight back down there tomorrow and and, and do it all over again. So if you can find that Mm. thing that makes you feel that way, then follow that, follow that dopamine. From an outsider's point of view, like, I mean, to backfill that story, we've been away in Adelaide at a conference for a week. We've had a huge week. We're both exhausted. And while you were looking forward to it, you didn't really have the energy for it (laughs) until you turned up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's exactly what you're saying, you know, when it's raining, when you made that 
comment about when it's raining. Well, for me, it was like I love being at beach school, but the thought sometimes of going, um, you know, can can be exhausting and and you don't really want to go. But every single time I go, I mm. think, oh, my goodness, I absolutely love this. So, so this is our I'm point number three. Make yourself unique in the industry and really, really focus on what your niche is. So what kind of skills, whether that's physical, social, emotional, do you bring to the programs and business that other people don't? And we've got a whole ream of ideas here because when I think when people think of nature play, they just think free play in nature. I don't know. I think we're so far in it. I think sometimes we forget what people think it is. (laughs) Exactly. And there's so, there are so many ways in which people really niche down in this area. Mm. Um, For example, it might be something that really lights you up to make sure that children have opportunities for risky and adventurous play. That's something that we advocate very strongly Mm. for. Uh, It's something that we specialize in. And that is a, a really great position to be in because it's fun. It's fun to, you know, the photos are fun. The experiences are fun. So that's that's where a lot of people, what, what a lot of people think about when it comes mm. to nature playing. Yeah. Um, I also think age-based, you know, we've seen some great nature businesses that are focused on teens and adolescents, even uh, risk uh, youth at risk as well. Yes. Or on the flip side of that is purely focusing on the early years so uh, businesses that aren't focusing on anyone old uh, younger uh, sorry older than five so they're under fives yeah but they can be specific to babies or it could be intergenerational yeah so where you're bringing in that combination of you know seniors and families as well yeah another couple of business we businesses we've seen are ndis so the national disability scheme supported nature play programs uh, and that could be again any age group I've seen that for adults as well mm-hmm. uh, and they're funded so they're more accessible and I think gosh the benefits that we see in some of those programs are just they're literally life-changing for some of the people that attend. Absolutely uh, your specialty might be outdoor learning in schools so mm. obviously working in a traditional school model might be something that you're really passionate about because you might have been a teacher yourself and wanting to implement this more, but perhaps you were a little bit stuck uh, in the system itself, but then you can then find a a niche within contracting to schools to provide outdoor learning opportunities for children, which is a really fun space to be in. Yeah, and I think the flip side of that, you can also be an outdoor learning teacher within the system as well. So there's both sides to that. You can stay within the system or you can branch out on your own so you've got that flexibility uh, and freedom really to run your own business I think that's something to just take note of there too absolutely and then we've got some really specific uh, activity base so whether that's nature art immersion or it could be storytelling or music um, those areas can be something that really brings community together uh, and even a combination of things like storytelling and music can be a brilliant way to work with young families and particularly uh, little people. But music and storytelling, I tell you what, they're not just for little people. Older kids and even teens can enjoy Mm. um, those sorts of modalities as well. That nature art is super, super popular at festivals and events as well because those larger or uh, larger community art projects as well. So I've seen a lot of people find a lot of success in um, hitting festivals and events. Maybe you've spent a lot of time outside learning survival skills or bushcraft, and this can be a really great way for you to 
bring in uh, even work with parents and their children, maybe older children. I know that there's rites of passage that can be often attached to survival skills and bushcraft. Uh, and it's just super fun, particularly for, uh, I hate genderizing because it can be for both genders, but really do find that if you've got disengaged boys, survival skills and bushcraft can be a really great way to really focus in on keeping them engaged. Mm. Natural movement, if you haven't heard of that, it's basically almost like PT or exercise outdoors just in nature without using weights. You might use logs or rocks or whatnot. Um, But also if you're an OT, this is a really fabulous way of doing what you do for those children that might not suit being indoors for long periods of time is to just do what you do outdoors and getting children to learn how to run and jump and move and navigate their regular outdoor environment. Again, often this is funded. So again, it's more accessible. So you're more likely to attract business a bit easier. Another really great entry point with nature play is gardening or permaculture often goes really well hand in hand. So if you're running programs outside of um, your own property, a lot of people will often start with gardening or permaculture, working with community gardens uh, and a great way to get into schools as well. Mm. Uh, First Nations businesses, whether that's, again, storytelling, bush tucker, whether that's just building community Mm, uh, and knowledge about your, yeah, sharing culture and stories from your mob. I tell you what, there's so much scope for that here with whether that's schools, incursions, excursions, um, and it's so desperately needed. Yes, absolutely. Uh, If you've got a specialty in sustainability or environment, um, then this is a brilliant way for you to be able to share your message in a contextualised environment for children. I know that this is a specialty of one of our staff members, Lindsay. She absolutely froths on uh, embedding sustainability environment in whatever programs she can. Mm-hmm. Then you've got, if you're a homeschooling parent, maybe you might want to look at a co-op. So that would be not so much a business model, but where parents come and chip in, uh, it might not just be nature play. Maybe you might offer the nature play and another parent might offer some other skill, woodworking or something else where homeschoolers come to you for a session or for the day. Uh, There are a lot of different co-op models. They they are far too wide and varied to go into, Uh, but there's a lot of, there's homeschooling is thriving. It is just growing and growing by the day. And there is a lot of business opportunity in that area. Absolutely. Now, if you are a got, if you have a science background as well, then STEM or STEAM is a, a way that you could really niche down as well. Um, looking at science, technology, engineering, art, and maths, uh, I really you couldn't find a better environment than being outside mm-hmm. and allowing children really a full opportunity to just be curious. Mm. So, um, if if that's your jam, then STEM or STEAM really could be the niche for you. Yeah. You might also be location specific. You might only offer beach school. You might live in the desert in the outback and you might only offer desert programs. So it doesn't have to, I mean, it needs to be place-based realistically if you're running any nature play business. So let your location guide you in what you're doing. Yeah. Some locations are a real draw card. Mm. Uh, Could be a river. It could be, you know, a waterfall school. I don't know, but there are definitely some very, very successful uh, forest-type schools or bush kinders that are specifically focused on their location. Mm. Corporate events. We've had a few corporates come through. Um, mm. 
Yeah, and you know what? When I say corporates, uh, the best ones that I've enjoyed the most have actually been early years teams coming through for team bonding or their end of year parties, and they've done some raft building and some nature crafting, and just got to sit in nature and just relax and be amongst the trees. And they they've all just come out going, oh gosh, I feel so much better. But it doesn't have to just be early years. It could be full corporate finance bros and bring them in and do a raft building challenge or a ropes challenge. There's so there's so much scope for corporate. It is, and it's lots of fun. So, you, you know, they're always looking for something unique and different. As And that goes for any event or festival, really. Um, there's so many events and festivals you'll find, particularly if you live in a more metro area. Um, even regional, though, they have fantastic mm. festivals and events that are happening all of the time. So if you can, you know, market yourself in that way, um, you could have quite a few, like a suite of different activities that you offer for events and festivals. I know a guy, I wish I could remember his name. I think he's Rust, uh, it's not, anyway. um, He is a mobile junk loose parts service. So he has his ute and a great big trailer just full of fun loose parts and he just tours the regional areas, goes into schools and early years services and he travels Australia doing that. So again, you don't need to have a a big business. You don't need to have a huge team. You don't need to be stuck in a location or buy land. You can be mobile. Mm. That's so cool. I just like <laughs> there's just so many. Um, even the seasonal moon circles. So where yeah. you're bringing people together, whether that's um, mothers with babies in arms, whether you're looking at teens, uh, whether you're looking at you know, just friendship groups, people looking to connect. They're a really great way to tune in with the seasons. Um, mm, winter festivals, the, yeah, solstice. That's right. There's there's lots of different ways in which you can really position yourself to be, um, you know, that observational way of being in nature and hosting events because people are looking to connect and having a reason to do that and to be able to, have some accountability in making those observations. You know, like if you're holding full moon or new moon circles, it makes you tune into nature a lot more. And um, if you've got that capacity to hold space for those, um, they're such a beautiful way to connect with your community. Mm. And then finally, I guess our two niches that, you know, we've already mentioned adventurous play, but our other one is professional development for schools and particularly the early years. And I mean, it's part of our bigger mission, right? So for us, it was bigger than us and it was bigger than, you know, a business idea. It was how can we get more children outdoors? We need to be bigger. Well, we we don't want to be that big. So we we get the early years educators out and doing it and getting children outdoors and the spaces where children are for sometimes five days a week of their lives. So uh, I think there's a lot of scope for that. I think it will be ongoing. You know, people don't just do bush kindy training once and then that's it. Services need upskilling. Uh, they they get new staff in all the time. So there's a big scope for that. And it might not just be in early years. You might be doing PD on NDIS. You might be doing PD in yeah, nature immersion. Uh, like art. Yeah, exactly. So you could attach professional development to any of the previous skills that we've just talked about too, which it, it just means... There's the advocacy side to it and we're, we're getting more children outdoors. So exciting. So what exactly are you waiting for? If you are interested in nature play and you work with kids, you have lots of different options to start exploring if you are really wanting to take children outside and 
you know, follow that passion, follow the passion of the of the children in your care as well. That might be another interesting direction to take because sometimes it's about learning alongside children. You might have a passion for something, but you might develop a passion if you can work alongside the children that you're working with as well. Mm. So to summarise, today we learned three things. First one, you can't be all the things to all people without doing things either half-assed or burning out. So I guess number two is your unique. What's your niche? Find it. What is your special source? Narrow down and find the things that you really, truly love and will get you out in the morning. And number three, don't compare because you are special and you are unique and what you're doing is wonderful and important no matter what anybody else is doing or where they are on their journey. Comparing is dangerous. Uh, Just run your own race. Put your blinkers on like a racehorse and just put your head down and, and do what you need to do to find your own version of success because your version is very likely different to anybody else's out there. Well said, Nikki. And as always, we love doing this journey with you. So until next time, stay stay wild. wild.